my friends, and welcome to your Life Now show. This is Coach Ria. You are listening to your Life Now show. I am always, as always, so delighted to be here with you live on the air. Um, again, I am the founder and the CEO of Your Life Now. It is a professional life coaching service. Uh, in my practice, I work with my client um, uncovering some of the areas that impact their life personally and professionally and trying to help them find solutions. Some of these areas of impact are um, as follow, um, but not limited to personal growth, professional growth, personal relationships, money, finances, career, self-esteem, health and fitness, and overall the quality of life. We talk about spirituality here on the show. We talk about a lot of these areas of impact, and I normally have guests um, that help me. Um, uh, they come on the show and try to inspire you to, you know, hopefully help you um, make some positive changes in your life. I always like to set my intention from the beginning of the show. My intention of having a show, it really is to inspire you to make some positive changes in your life so you can live the life that you desire and the life that you should live. Um, it's really all up to you. Um, I also like to mention this this show is really intended to be uh, thought-provoking and not in the replacement of professional um, advice. I am a professional and certified life coach, and uh, my guests are all professional. You can reach me directly if you like to learn more about my service or you like to realize my service either at my on my email at info at coachingbyria.com or on my website at www.coachingbyria.com. And um, today's show is a very inspirational show. As always, all my shows are. I have a great guest with me. Um, my guest today is Don Morissini, and I, do, I want to apologize for my voice. I actually caught a cold. I don't know. I, I hardly ever catch a cold. So <laughs> if my voice comes out across the air, kind of a little, you know, horsey, so I, I apologize for that. So Don, um, it, let me tell you who Don is. Don was living the good life. He was a stockbroker, very successful stockbroker. Broker. He had money, status, great family, but something was missing. He was unhappy. And so he felt like there is more into life than what he is doing. And so he left his career. He left being that successful stockholder. And uh, he decided to go on a spiritual quest to India and the Himalayas. Uh, through his quest, he became a psychotherapist. And the path was really, really hard on him. Yet, you know, Don had decided to uh, dove into consciousness study. He studied traditional and non-traditional therapy and obtained a graduate degree in psychology. And he currently practices in California, in, in North California. And uh, so uh, Don is the author of the book Princess and August, and Integration Between the Psyche and the Soul. His book, an incredible book, it's, it's a storytelling, poetry, combination with a lot of great things. His book basically cuts to the bottom line of why we experience dissatisfaction and frustration in our life. And he shows how we can create unimagined fulfillment. Don demonstrates with, with humor, like I said, the stories and some poetry, you know, how the egos, 
defense mechanism undermined your attempt to achieve happiness and fulfillment in your life. Don says we all have an infinite amount of peace and joy at the ground of our being. He teaches, he tried to teach us through his book and in his practice, we'll talk to him a little bit more about that, how to pull away the shadow of your child ego, which he calls Olga, and realize the prince you are. Don offers a clear grasp of the purpose and meaning of life and how your trails are means by which you evolve and actualize peace, love, and abundance. His book is available on Amazon. I posted it on the chat room and also at his website, uh, www.donmartesini.com forward slash princess-and-august. Uh, um, so please, you know, check the chat room, check the page. It's all in there if you're interested in the book. I am so delighted to have you here, Don. Don, are you there? Thank you so much. I'm I'm here, and I very much appreciate the nice things you said, Rhea. Oh, it's true. I mean, I, I was going through your book, and I have to tell you, you know, I didn't finish the whole thing um, because I had a short, short time since I got it. But it, it, it was really fun to read because it was a combination of storytelling and poetry, and, and, and you know, and I love that. So it's, I'm all about, you know, the uh, um, poetry. But let me ask you, like, you know, I had Jeff Brown, and I know you know Jeff Brown on the show, and Jeff was sure. also a successful attorney, and he decided to follow his passion, and you were a very successful stockbroker, and here you are now. I know you're successful, but you decided to leave all that behind, all the status and all the money and, and that comes with, you know, being a stockbroker to follow your passion and your dream. How would that come about? Well, you know, I was uh, in about my 18th year in business, and it was my best year ever. I was a vice president of a stockbroker company. And, you know, one night around Christmas, I, I just said, is, is this all there is? Is this all there is? Just making money and, 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 you know, fighting to hold my position. And a chill went through my spine. And uh, I woke up the next morning, uh, and I couldn't get rid of the question, and it dogged me. And finally, I said, you know, I I need I need to find out why, why am I here? Why was I born? What's the meaning of life? Who's Don? Um, Don has to be more than about making money or or whatever. And and so uh, this set off set me off on a quest, and um, it came out of absolutely nowhere. But when it hit me, it hit me hard. Within three months, I left the business. And I was studying with teachers of every kind and variety, and uh, it came upon me. In a sense, sort of like the way it came upon Jeff, who was a successful attorney. Um, Call it karma, call it what it is. But that was the impetus for me to change careers and change lives. And, And you're loving what you're doing. I know when you started psychology, you started working with kids. And, uh, you know, I have a very soft heart for kids and uh, with children. And and, uh, and, and in your first book, Wild Child, how -hmm. you can help your child with ADD and other behavioral disorder, you said something to the fact that there is no such a thing as a bad children, and only those who cry for help is misunderstood. He was, you know, so, I mean, that's really true. You know, and then well, you shifted yeah, to working to with adults. Right, go ahead. No, no, I'm saying, no, that's absolutely true. Ch- children act out their behavior, which says there's something wrong with me. They don't go up to mom and say, I'm depressed. 
they may get cantankerous. And and mm-hmm. so uh, parents don't know how to read those signs and help their children. And so the acting out is, 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 is a cry for help. It's their speech to say, I'm in need. Can you figure out what it is? You know, I I, um, I was reading a post today, and I actually shared it on Facebook. Um, uh, Jean Houston shared uh, Angela, um, um, I mean, I'm sorry, um, Maya Angela. Um, she's 83 years old, and she um, she said, what would you say to the 15-year-old self? If you want to write a note and advise mm-hmm. to a 15-year-old, what would you say? And I thought it was really moving, because like, so I was listening to it, and I'm like, but you know what? I mean, I try to put myself back at that age. You know, I mean, I, I did have a great, you know, I mean, my childhood was fine. I didn't have any issues. But I look at, like, my nieces, you know, they are about that same age. I have my boys 15, you know. And I just think about, like, some of the troubles that they go through and what are the signs, you know, for help and, and, and where, you know, where do we come? You know, is it does it start nourishing when we are children or can we really always reach out to that child within us? to try to improve our life at any age. Well, the thing is this. See, we come into the world, we're born just, just beautiful, this pristine, loving, beautiful, and innocent child. Um, we can't go through life like that. So we need to build an ego. And we build an ego, like mm-hmm. from ages two, three, on up through 10 or 12. And that's when we form a sense of self. And everything goes into there. Our fears, our worries, our doubts, the things we don't want to look at, the way we cope, all this kind of stuff. And... Um, that is the ground from which we reenact our adult life. If we're not aware of why we're doing this or acting a certain way, then we're kind of not bringing to ourselves all the good that might be in relationship or the good that might be to us in business or all the nurturance we might give and receive from our family because, because our sense of self, our way of reacting to the world, has been set down during those formative years. And so, so to to get into those years are very important. Take your 15-year-old. If you were to close your eyes and say, I want a picture of when I was 15, you bring that picture up, and what am I feeling? And that mm-hmm. will take you to that place, that feeling state. Something will pop up, an image or a, a movie, and then you can right. write about how you felt as a child. But what you will get you will not get a you know maybe a, a dance you went to or a sweetheart you were you cared about. You will get into the emotion of that 15 year old, and that'll be revealing to you because that emotion is still running you today, and in some ways probably limiting the good you bring to yourself. Well, you know, I mean, we know that ego comes in to protect us somehow. It gets developed, right? And and I think we start living through the ego. That's the unfortunate part. You know, and and that's what you know. We decided you and I on the show title. You know, ego versus the heart. You know, you know your 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 mind, your ego telling you to do one thing because it's trying to protect you. But how far can you go to to, to, to you know you know what I mean to stop yourself from 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 evolving, from growing as as a person. You know, on a spiritual level as well as on the uh, you know the individual level as you know professionally or or um, in your life as a parent as a, as as a, as a psychologist, as whatever you you know did, you know intended to to pursue in your life, but I ha- I heard that question one time. It says, you know, how does the ego know itself? How does the ego well, know itself? Well, the thing is, the remember the ego is laid down at a young age. 
and laid down during a, a period where concrete thinkings where things are black or white and simplistic and it needs to have its needs met and it doesn't think of others and all of all of these thoughts go into it and these are formative years and they're connected with strong emotion now the ego's job you know we walked out of the cave 30,000 years ago but ego's job was to keep us alive to protect us from physical pain but where it oversteps its job is where it wants to protect us from emotional pain so we get into relationship and what happens to our business and we run into trouble we're good. the ego first is going to protect us from emotional pain it's going to blame it's going to be fearful right. It's going to retract. It's going to do all these kinds of things we did as a child. So even as an adult, as we want to set out on a career, as we want to set out on a relationship, as we want to, say, delve into the spiritual, uh, the, the emotions of fear, the emotions of shame, these are thick emotions that serve to protect us from emotional harm. And that's the problem. We have to cut below that to see what is going on, why we're vulnerable, why we're fearful. Let's say that I want to set a goal in business to achieve a uh, to achieve certain amount, and I visualize this, and I affirm this, and I set this. I'm going to move in that direction. But if deep down I have a conflict that's not in my conscious awareness, that I'm not worthy or not good enough to earn enough money or there's too much competition, I'm also putting out that, that negative energy against this positive energy I'm putting out, and I'm going to be limited in what I bring to myself. And so this is an example because the ego wants to protect us from emotional pain. It's not going to let me feel the fact that I feel inadequate or whatever. It's going to say, oh, there's, there's not enough around for me, or, or it's going to blame the economy, or it's going to blame something else, rather than get underneath and feel that vulnerability that I'm not worthwhile enough to have it. So this is why it's important to, to, to know oneself and know how the ego does these things to protect us from emotional pain, but in that process hurts us or gets in front of us, prevents us from getting all or bringing to us all the good that we can have. But, you know, I mean, the the two most, you know, uh, dominant feelings that we, everything falls under is, is, is fear and love, right? And, and uh, you know, we, when people are depressed, they fear the past, you know, it affect, the past affects them. And when they have anxiety, they are fearing the future. And I think it really comes down to our thoughts too, right? I mean, our internal dialogue that we what we tell ourselves and and how we allow ourselves to kind of you know oversee um, the, the the person that we really. I mean, I, I still you know I mean I, I have been professionally you know a life coach and I I do a great job and I have good success, but I'm constantly learning. I'm trying to always evolve and always you know be, become a little bit more conscious of my action, my words, and everything. But I still feel there is more. There is more, more, more. And I, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to learn, you know, what is that ego? And why would you, I mean, like, if, I, if you ask me that question, how does the ego know itself? I will tell you our environment. Look around you. This is how the ego knows who you are. How do you recognize yourself when you look in the mirror? I mean, I know I asked that question to Jeff. I said, why? And he had the same instant. You know, you can look at yourself in the mirror every day, right? You brush your teeth. You brush your hair, whatever you do, you know, on your daily basis, you see yourself. And that's something, you know, you get familiar with that, you know, image because that's who you are, right? But then, you know, I, I remember, like, going into walking in, in, a, in a store and, you know, they have those camcorder, you know, the cameras that you can, like, see yourself from a distance. They, they're recording, uh-huh. you know, yeah. whatever. And I remember not recognizing myself. Like, I was walking by, I'm like, oh, wait, who is that person? Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Well, to answer your I mean, question, you know, remember, go ahead. Uh-huh. Uh, remember this: the ego is the lowest primitive functioning part of the mind that is designed to keep us alive. That also happens to think for us. But as we develop and grow and are able, capable of abstract thinking and conceptual thinking and develop our intellect, we can use our intellect to understand ourselves. The ego, remember, is a self-protective primitive part of, 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 of ourselves that isn't capable of solving uh, adult problems. And so it goes into its old defense mode and, and childish modes of reacting but we can know ourselves by looking and say, geez, I felt funny here or this was awkward there. We can know ourselves by not from ego mind, which is self-protective mind, but from our higher intellect looking down on ego and say, geez, my ego stopped me there. Or I'm wondering why, you know, in my relationship I'm not getting back the nurturance I want. I wonder what's mm-hmm. going on. And then with my intellect, I can say, well, let me see if I can get beneath the blame of my partner. She doesn't do this or he doesn't do this or behind the fact that I was disappointed the other day. If I can, if I can drop behind the blame and get into the feeling state underneath this that maybe I'm not worthwhile to ask for what I want or maybe I'm not assertive enough because I might feel I'll be rejected and left out of the relationship, all of a sudden I use my higher mind to delve into the ego and say, oh, this is what's limiting me in relationship from bringing me the nurturance and things that I need. But the ego is not a real thinking part. It's more of an automatic part of the mind that reacts to protect us from pain, both mental and, and, and physical. So to know ourselves, we have to step up above it and look down and say, uh-huh, this is what I see of myself, and I see some of myself is buried, and I don't quite know what all of that is. But the more that I unbury the more freedom I have and the more richness I bring to my life. I just wanted to let everybody know you are listening to your Life Now show, and my guest today is Don Morrissey, the author of Princess in August, um, Integration of, of Psyche and Soul. And we're talking about the ego versus the heart, and I would encourage you, you know, to either post your questions or call in the show if you have a question or a comment uh, for myself or, or Don at 626-213-5773, and the chat room is open, so feel free to place your question or comment in the uh, um, in the chat room. Um a lot of things comes to my mind when I think about the ego and the heart. You know, I mean, you know, the ego is not a bad thing. I mean, we need the ego. You need part of the ego. You just need a healthy ego. And I think that's where the training part becomes difficult because it is easy to say, oh, you know, you can just do this and do that. But, but to, I think it's about reconditioning, you know, modifying our behavior, making time for self-love. Is that something that you think it's you know appropriate? Well, well, you know. Okay, there 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 couple see there are a couple of things. Uh, this gets a little more complex. One, remember we're 100% physical beings, okay, but we're also 100% spiritual beings. Right. And at, at the bedrock of our existence, uh, all religions, all spiritual traditions around the world, ancient and modern, say you know we're an image and likeness of God. We have a soul, right. and basically that. That part of ourselves, that that non-physical part, houses perfect peace, perfect love, perfect joy, perfect brotherhood, sisterhood. Okay. Now, the ego has no knowledge of this. 
that has no knowledge of this. And so part of our job is we are not, not only is our planet evolving, not only is the cosmos evolving, but we also evolve as individuals. And we can choose to accelerate our personal evolvement, our personal growth. And to do so, we need to begin to uh, consider getting in touch with those base qualities. That's why I left a very, very promising career at the top of, of, at the height of my business life, to get in touch with those soul qualities and to find out what was blocking those qualities. And what was blocking those qualities were the things you said before, were the ideas, the thoughts, the concepts, the beliefs, and the emotions that were housed in the ego under these, 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 these blankets of protection. And so the, the ego is very important. It keeps us alive. But the ego, can I call it the ogre or I call it the demon because you look at Penn State and those boys that were terribly molested, and nobody cared for those I boys. The ego terrible. was self-protecting itself from, from being blamed or, or, or taking responsibility for it. So the, I, I call it ego ogre because it can become monstrous. But for most of us, it just kind of pulls the wool over our eyes, and we don't get and we don't realize what it's protect what it's stopping us from from having. That's why I wrote that we have an infinite potential to bring to ourselves good of all kinds: love, peace, harmony, uh, great sense of well-being. But we need to kind of get through those child thoughts, ideas, concepts, beliefs, and the emotions that we laid down that still govern us, not quite conscious in our adult life. You know, we're going to talk a sh- take a short break, and when I come back, when we get back, I'd like you to explain to us how to take some of those steps and, and, and okay. dig in more into your book and, and, and sure. figure out what, you know, okay? So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thank you.
Oh, good. Okay, so that must be a little, uh, okay, it's cleared up. Thank God. Anyway, (laughs) I apologize for that. You are listening to your Life Now show, and we're talking about the ego and the heart versus the heart with the author of the book, uh, Princess and Ogres and uh, the Integration of Psyche and Soul. Tom, before the break, we were talking about, you know, some of the things that we can try to train our ego to – don't overprotect us, I guess, that's what I want to say. I think it's it's overkill a little bit because we tend to fall into um, habits, uh, programs um, that have no longer, it's no longer serving us in our current life, and we constantly evolving. Things are constantly changing around us. Things are not still, but we tend to feel um, some of us get stuck in the, in the same spot, and, and, and we we have a hard time following our heart, and, and the ego always tells us it's not safe to go there. So, you know, can you, you know, help us here understand the, the, the some of these things that we can try to prevent? And, and, uh, oh, well, first of all, every time, yeah, every time there's a trial or a challenge or a problem or something you wish you didn't have, basically it's life giving you something so that you can work on yourself and clear out some of the of, of whatever you need to in the ego. Let me give you, let me give you a, just a personal example to kind of make this personal. Uh, a couple of years ago, my wife was a very high-functioning um, executive in Silicon Valley in, in public relations. She'd been in for mm-hmm. 30 years. Uh, one Christmas a couple of years ago, sorry, they terminated her, and, and she had a big six-figure boom, out the window. And I said to myself, you know, I can't help her, you know, but what I can do, I can set an intent that right. in a year and two years, I want to love her more than I do now. I don't know how that's going to come about, but at least I can give her increasing amounts of of partnership, of mar- marriage love. I set that intent because I knew it would benefit her and I would knew it would benefit me. Now, once right. I set that intent, I set into motion a lot of energies. And what right. happened when I made that commitment all of a sudden, from inside, from within me, in my ego, things surfaced that were in the way of me uh, uh, loving her more and more. One, I realized that all love is conditional. That that there is that we in relationship we don't have unconditional love. That I my need to be loved by her and to increase my love for her was tied to Don's personal issues. Now, right. for example. I found out that she was more assertive than I was, and I was more passive than she was, and I had some tiny resentment there. And so I said, what do I have resentment? And I got down and I said, oh, my God, I'm scared. If I speak up, I might lose her. So I was into ego fear of abandonment. I was into ego fear of isolation. So I let things pass that bothered me. And what that did, that dimmed, that blocked some of the love that could have been there. I found other issues that things she complained about me. I thought that she was kind of off the mark or critical. I took those and I said, no, I come up short here and I come up short there. And the reason I come up short is because I've got a little bit of resentment here. And so what happened, because I set a commitment to love her more, I couldn't love her more, but that set into motion all of these experiences 
experiences that were in me, and as I, be, and as I began to clear those blocks, those thoughts that, uh, that we talked about earlier, a year later I looked at her and I said, my God, I just love this woman. I, I, just, I, I just love this woman because I had cleared away some of the blemishes that were buried down inside Dawn in terms of relationship that blocked the flow of love from my soul to experience and nurture her and love her greater. But I had to set that commitment in motion. And for a year, I was running into Dawn and Dawn's stuff that I didn't even know of. And that was housed in the ego that wanted to protect me from emotional discomfort, from not discovering that, and keep my relationship where it was at a good level before, but not at the depth at which I was able to take it to. That's sort of a personal example, Rayo. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you know, when we did, we talked a lot about, you know, relationships on the shows and stuff like that. And, and you know, some of the reason why, I mean, I, I be honest with you, it's still, you know, um, uh, a problem, you know, like people, the, the divorce rates and, and, and uh, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm reading something like somebody posted in, in Facebook, you know, they said that is jealousy or, I mean, I'm not going to read the whole comment, but the fact that, you know, somebody's jealousy is ego-driven. You know, people being jealous in a relationship or, um, you know, or uh, well, someone else. Well, that's else. absolutely true, because where does jealousy come from? It comes from insecurity. So what happens, mm-hmm. ego stops at jealousy and blame. And it's difficult. Well, what is insecurity? I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So uh-huh. a, per, a person is jealous. Right. And what is underneath that is a buried feeling that they may not be worthwhile enough to have their partner, that they may be inadequate to keep that partner. Now, that's very scary, and that's very vulnerable to touch into. So most people don't do that. They stay at the service level where the ego protects them, at the level of jealousy, and, and that's a specific example. Because it protects them from the emotional pain that, geez, maybe I'm not good enough, which is a false idea, but it has so much emotion with it and so much of a fear of loss with it that they don't get down there. So that's an example of how the ego blocks one from having all the good one might have in a relationship. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I, I mean, I have friends. I see, you know, people who have it all, you know, and and there is no reason for them to be insecure. Yes, they still practice the insecurity in their relationship that drives their the, the relationship apart and breaks the relationship, you know. And it's it's hard to understand why would someone be at a successful level? They, you know, they have what it takes to to pretty much, you know. Uh, have anyone that they desire, you know, but I think, you know, I mean, it, it's fear. I think it's fear, fear what could happen in the future if, you know, if that person reject them. I think, you know, we, the ego party said, you know, you really need to make sure that person I- accepts you, you know, they love you, they see you the way, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, because most of the time they don't see themselves the way other people on the outside see them. That's, you well, know, well, that's you know, Ria, the other day. You- the other day, you and I were talking on the phone. You said, "You know, I've got." You said to to me, "I've got some very, very um, successful uh, clients, business people mm-hmm. I work with." And I said, "I'm in Silicon Valley, and I work with, you know, CEOs mm-hmm. and executives at big corporations." And we mm-hmm. both said, "You know, even though they're at the top of their field and earning uh, large amounts of money, a lot of them have very narrow lives. A lot of them are not happy, and a lot of them have a lot of problems." But we had this discussion the other day. The reason 
that they have that is because they do not know themselves. They don't know their insides. And so they're cut off from the fullness that is there. They they have found a channel where they're very good at, at business or investments or, or, or lawyering or whatever it may be. But they're not in touch with themselves. And so their families are in disarray. Their kids may be on drugs. Uh, their, their partner may be having an affair or close to leaving. And in the meantime, they're, they're plagued by these problems. So success in business or uh, what's determined as success in life, and I talk about this, doesn't mean that there's a richness that there's a nurturance to it. And that's because they don't know themselves. And the only way to know themselves is for them to to get down into right. the the ego. And what the only thing that can do that is the, the loss for these people is the loss of a job, loss of a spouse, an illness, uh these kinds of things, these 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 so called trials, calamities that come along that are wake up calls to say, Hey, my life is thin and uh, I, I I want more, and that then is the start. That's the beginning of people beginning to probe into themselves and 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 face themselves and begin to try to understand themselves and why things are falling apart while they're admired by society. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good point that you made, and then you know, and I really truly believe. I think you know you want to know what's going on in your life. You know, look at your environment. Look what's going on in your you know, and you're around it, you're surrounding. And if your life is not, you know, I mean, but you got to, I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, I didn't mention in the beginning of the show, I always talk about bringing awareness. It's all about bringing your awareness, your conscious awareness to your present moment, what is going on right now, where can you change, what area, you know, that you can start focusing on. And, and you know, we, but, I mean, life demands a lot. And I think the more we lose ourselves in life, the more we lose ourselves. Basically, that's the way I look at it, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. But I think, you know, the more we feel like, you know, we belong to the external world, the more we don't connect with the internal world that we live in, you know, our really true self and our, our, our nourishing the true self. And, you know, when I talk about, like, you know, self-love, I mean, what is self-love? It's not about, like, you know, just going and getting a manicure or getting a massage or whatever. It's about really a time that you can spend with yourself and loving that time that you spend with yourself. Like through meditation, you know, I'm a big fan of meditation, a big fan of, you know, it's not about fanning, you know, like, oh, you know, this is something cool. It's about, like, you know, connecting the mind and body, connecting, you know, uh, being with yourself and being at ease with yourself. And, and you know, I, I want to dig in and talk about your book. I mean, I know I can I can talk about I love this subject, you know, of talking about ego and, 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 and the heart because this is something that I really truly uh, feel that we, uh, most of us are losing our, you know, our um, our growth and not growing because we, we really sort of like live through the ego and not the heart. So your book, how did it came about, you know, um, I know, you know, like I said, I, I did uh, read uh, a great book, by the way, but tell me how the book came about. I mean, I know through your your quest and your journey, self-discovery and well, the way what happened was um, I studied with a lot of teachers. I practiced. Uh, I studied with uh, sh- uh, shamans. I practiced shamanism. Mm-hmm. I studied. I practiced Buddhism. Uh, I, I went to India, but I met my teacher, uh, Sri Ananda, my, my guru, and basically uh, she became she became my my teacher. And I found out that in the East, uh, and she did this. 
just as they did 5,000 years ago. They would tell a story. Uh, because at that time, people were wandering around village to village. People were illiterate. And there wasn't much in writing. They would tell a story. And, you know, you read the book and how interesting some of the stories are. And the stories would have a catch to them. So people would right. remember the teaching or the wisdom or the spiritual stories. And then they would remember the message that was in it. So somebody come by and said, you know, don't don't hit your neighbor or don't steal his cow or, 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 or whatever it might be. Okay, that's fine. But if they got a story with a really... Uh, catchy ending, uh, witty kind of thing, they, that would stay with them. And then uh, they would remember the, the message that was embedded in the story. So I decided to write the book the same way. I wanted to show some of these ancient stories and how the messages that were contained in them can still help us today. And so then I took this from the way my, my teacher taught, and I put it into a book form and then just integrate it with psychology and showed examples of how people applied this ancient wisdom today to deal with everything uh, they, they might run into. So um, that's how I wrote the book, the manner in which I did, and how I came about writing it uh, in a format that would be interesting and also kind of reawaken some of this old, this old messaging, the old stories that have been long forgotten and freshen them and bring them up and say that there aren't any real new, really new problems because all the solutions and all the wealth is within us. It's how we deal with our environment and our lives that right. is the same. And so that's why those stories work today. Anyway, so that's how I came about writing the book and in the manner in which I did. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it was a, it's a great book. I definitely recommend that you check it out. And I also want to put out the number again if you have a question or a comment. Um, and I know that, you know, I have people in the chat room asking a question. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna answer your question in a second, sure. uh, Kirk. And uh, you know, people on the switchboard are in the listening mode. But if you do wanna um, speak to myself or Don, please, um, uh, I think hit one to you know, so raise your hand, and I will take your call. Um, in the chat room, Don um, uh, Kirk had asked this question. Do you think? It's a general question. He said, Do you think that the people in positions that earn high incomes are feeding their egos? Well, it, it depends on where they're coming from. Some are and, and some aren't. Uh, some people are, are, uh, are see, first of all, no two flowers alike. You know, everyone has a different talent, a different skill, and a different ability. And our job is basically to find out our uniqueness and bring that to fruition and then take it and embellish it as, as much as we can. Now, someone has to be, happens to be a very, very successful business person or a very successful lawyer or a very successful doctor. That's because they have the talent and the gift to do that. Okay. Now, the worst thing a person can do in their life is to say, I want to be this or that, and not get in touch with their heart and their own uniqueness and say, ah, this is coming from my heart. This is, this is a soul call for me to be a doctor or for me to be a therapist or for me to be a gardener. And I want to do this with heart. And when I put my heart behind this, because this is what my uniqueness is about, this is what my unique uh, incarnation is about, when I find that and run with it, I could be very successful. It doesn't necessarily have to come from ego. It can. Now, if I say I want to be this and I'm not in touch with myself, I just want to make all the money in the world, I don't give a crap about someone else, I clearly am coming from ego. So really, it's individual to each person. That's my answer to Kirk. 
And, and, and you know, I hope that answered your question, Kirk. And, uh, you know, the thing is, it's like, you know, also, you know, how to, how, what you do with the money and with the money, like when you're earning a large income and you just feed in your ego and you're not doing anything to put back into, you know, society or whatever, helping other people or, or whatever is your, your, uh, um, your cause, you know, that's really kind of just like, you know, accumulating and not really, and I, I will be saying that will be feeding your ego, nothing else. You just want to accumulate how much you got, what you're worth, you know, um, and that's, uh, um, that's my uh, um, my thing, but what do you like? What do you think feeds the ego, though? I mean, I you know, I mean, I, I, I the know ego that's, feeds uh, itself. The ego okay. feeds itself on self protection, on protecting you from vulnerability. You spoke earlier before Kirk called about nurturing yourself, about pampering yourself. Well, that is really important to be kind to yourself, to be gentle to yourself. But then a deeper way to to really embrace yourself is to get down and say, what are my vulnerabilities? What are my fears? What are the things I don't like about me? And then to see that, oh, my God, I don't like that about me. I don't like this. Why? And the reasons aren't very solid, but they're connected with emotion. And say, geez, you know, I haven't done much for myself because deep down I didn't think I felt quite good enough or I was worthy enough or I should spend that on myself. And then we get, then we get in touch with the deep parts of ourself. And as we move through those, then we can embrace ourselves more fully because we've removed some blocks to appreciating and accepting ourselves with our limitations and with our drawbacks. We accept mm-hmm. these and say, I'm human, I like this, I want to work on this, but we embrace them rather than running away from them. And that allows us to have a more, uh, a deeper appreciation for ourselves. Yeah, true that. And I think that's, you know, that's lost, unfortunately, majority of the time. So, I, I, you know, that's why I think it's like, you know, uh, reconditioning, modifying our behavior, think about what we do on our daily basis, you know, and why we do it. I mean, I, I think the question is like, you know, why do we do what we do? What's, you know... I, I think that's I, a very important question. Yeah, where, where, I'm doing this, where did it come from? I like that, right. Leah. Yeah, I mean, I, I question that all the time, and I'm like, you know, I, I, when I met, when we talked briefly on the phone, I mentioned to you that my practice is through questions, Um you know, series of questions that, you know, we work with my clients. But the thing is, like, you know, I, I think when was the last time someone had stopped to think about that? You know, why well, you... Stop, uh, what stops them to think about it is when they hit roadblocks. I believe yeah. all trials and, that's and all challenges... that's what drives me crazy. Why do we have to wait to do that? To something well, really severely that, happen? Uh, well, okay, let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. You know, there's 8%, there's 8% unemployment in the country, okay? Uh-huh. And so... Mm-hmm. To me, that means that 91% of people are employed. Now, why right. that 8%? Why not some other 8%? If I or right. you or someone else wants 8%, right. then I'm going through a trial, and that trial gives me an opportunity to look inside myself right. for answers so that I can grow because every test is a chance for me to accelerate my personal and spiritual growth. As much as I may detest it, as much as I may be afraid of it, as much as I may not like it, it gives me a chance to go inside and say, what's this all about? And then to go in and discover deeper layers within myself. And so uh, so, or when an accident happens, why did that accident happen to that person, not to me? That accident happened because there is the possibility that person can use that accident 
to go inside where there are unlimited potential to experience peace and love and joy, and that's a stopping point for them. So everything that happens that we don't like and we wish didn't happen to us and we wish would pass quicker is an opportunity to actually accelerate our growth by getting inside and knowing ourselves. Yeah, that's so true. You know, I mean, it, it's a lot of time, like, you know, when we think about the things that happen to us. And, you know, I mean, it, it takes a practice. And I always say, you know, I mean, they, they, it's always easy to, you know, to say, oh, you can just do this and you do that and everything will be fixed. Um, it takes a practice. It takes repetition. It, it takes a training to train your ego. And I know, like, from my personal experience, you know, in the past, before I began on my awakening journey, so-called, you know, I, you know, I mean, I never used to stop and ask myself, like, you know, like, things just do happen. Like, I was, like, an accident prone, you know, it's like, oh, everything is just like, oh, you know. Now I question it. Like, if something, I know there's something that's out of balance. That's all I can tell you. I know that it's something needs to be adjusted. So now so that, that I'm bringing my awareness, mm-hmm. No, that's super. If you feel all of a sudden things are ragged, things right. aren't going smoothly, you can step back and say, I think I'm getting a message here from the wisdom. Right. It's called the wisdom with a capital W. I think I'm getting a message right. here. What's going on? And you can begin to check out. And then, you can, so, and, and then you might unearth something that you're doing that's causing the raggedness or the bumpiness or, or the roughness in getting from point A to point B. Uh, but that's and if you can do that, then you don't need those wake-up calls, the, the the car accident or the illness or the bigger things to wake you up. If you can kind of be aware, this isn't going the way it should be, and I thought it would. I thought I had considered everything, but it's not. It's sort of it's not happening. Then by going inside with those with those with those less dramatic, less 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 traumatic experiences you can begin to go inside and discover what it is that's limiting you. You don't then need the big bump on the head, the whack up the side of the head, the big trials in order to for the wisdom to invite you to look inside. You know, I mean, that, that, but like I said, you know, I mean, that, that took a lot of discipline and a lot of um, uh, conscious, you know, effort on my my part to to do that because I mean, like I know for myself, if I continue going through the motion, it will just keep getting worse. And no, I mean, it, that's, you know, you hear people say when it yeah. rains, it pours. It doesn't because you just allowed it to pour. It's really up to us, you know. And if you don't stop to check and see what's going on, I mean, if you're driving without a brake. Are you going to be getting an accident or what? You are going to get an accident. So if you feel your car and you try to brake once and the car is not, you know, stopping, you know the brakes are, are going bad. So you get those checked, right? But most of the time, because we, we, we operate on an autopilot pilot kind of mentality, you know, we don't think about how we got from A to B. We don't think, you know, things just do happen. And things don't well, we just push through. A lot of people just push through the experience that you might sit and examine yourself with. Yeah. You see? Um, um, so what is it like going through the quest? I always like a dream of doing that. But you don't really think that is the necessary thing for us to waking up and, and start well, the thing on is our... Just, one, one reason there's so much trouble in the world, one reason there's so many calamities mm-hmm. is that our 
our spiritual evolution has lagged greatly behind our material evolution. There's a real disconnect. And what's happening, all these things that are happening, are inviting us to begin to nurture our spirituality. Now, you said earlier on the program that you like to meditate and you respect meditation. I've been meditating for about 35 years, and I wouldn't think of going a day without it. Uh, And that has allowed me to touch deep into the deepest natures of of, of my own self, where I understand things at at, at really very, very uh, deep or even profound levels that give me a sense of peace. And so basically, what do you say to people who say don't have the time to do that? I say if you don't have the time to do that, I say that they're just not quite ready. They're not quite mm-hmm. ready to begin their spiritual journey, and and that's just where they are. And maybe tomorrow they will be, or they may yeah. find another form. It doesn't have to be meditation. It could be a, a great charity outreach, or it could be something else that nurtures the soul and helps and gives to others without expecting something back. That's all spiritual. So people can take different paths, but what they're doing is they're connecting with the deepest sacred parts of themselves and offering that out to the universe. So it doesn't necessarily have to be meditation, although meditation is excellent, but there are other means as well where we give deeply from ourselves and don't expect anything in return. We're nurturing our soul and, and we're bringing good to life. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we need so much of that in the world right now because, I mean, you know, with all the economic downfall and, and, and all these, like, uprising, you know, war everywhere, you know, I mean, I come from part of the Middle East, you know, part of my, you know, my side of my family, and to see things happening everywhere, you know, it's like so much suffering, and so and it's so unnecessary, and it's all ego-driven. I don't believe well, there's any religion out there that yeah. speaks, you know, of killing an innocent soul or, 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 or you know, I mean, I, I don't want to get into politics here or talk about religion in yeah. that sense, but it, it really bothers me that, you know, we all need to make a difference somehow. And, uh, but you see, that's part of evolution. The Arab Spring. Right. The Arab countries have been asleep for six or seven hundred years, mm-hmm. and now they're waking up. And right. that is a waking up to their humanness and to their spirituality. Right. And individually, these people against these incredibly repressive and cruel regimes are beginning yeah. to wake up and say, I now want that that is evolution that is an awakening of deeper parts of themselves happening collectively that is allowing them to evolve to grow to ask for more and once they set that into motion once they make that commitment it happens now it doesn't happen without pain or sacrifice or even death because it is a very big movement, and that giant has been asleep for six or 700 years, and it's waking up, and it's necessary so those people can have the basic freedoms. And so they finally, this is evolution. You see an evolution occurring right before your eyes, the awakening of the whole, that whole part of the Mediterranean, and it's a very, very important process, a uh, very intense process. And it causes great, great pain because you're moving mountains to allow these people to become themselves and not be repressed. And so this is yeah. very, very large. It, 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 it's immense in its dimensions. 
Yeah, it's it's uh, it's uh, something you know. I I think it's overdue. You know, it has to happen, and I think you know today the time is 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 better than ever. But I mean, unfortunately, you know, at a cause. You know, people are are, are losing their life because of that, and and uh, you know, but you know, I mean, it it has to happen somehow. You know, and and it's it's okay. I, it's not okay. I never th- think it's okay. You know, to lose anything or to lose the soul, but you know, um, you know, we need to we need to evolve. We need to, you know, awaken. And, and uh, now I'm gonna go back to your book. I just want to put it out there again for our listener. You are listening to your Life Now show. This is Coach Ria, your host, and with me in the studio, Don Mordesini, the author of the book. Um, excuse my voice, uh, Princess in August and uh, the Integration um, of Psyche and Soul. A um, couple of things I want to talk about. The book is great. I mean, you you know, obviously through your quest and, and through your study with some of the um, um, the shamanism, the shamic, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, healers, I don't know what you, what you refer to them. Anyway, um, you know, you find, why, why is, the title and and why is it important to integrate Western psychology with Eastern wisdom? In your book, you really focus on that, and I just wanted to kind of you know find out what's um, why was well, it so the, important to you? Well, the thing this is interesting. It's only in the West that we make a distinction between material man and spiritual man, material right. woman and spiritual woman. In the East, God is imminent in the creation and every vibration and every cell imminent in that. And God is also transcendent as soul or self. So in the East, they don't really make a distinction. But out here we do. And because the West has gotten so far ahead of itself, materially, uh, technologically, in cyberspace, and the soul has lagged so much, that I wanted to take some of the teachings from the East and show how profound, but how pertinent they are today, so that we could begin to accelerate, integrate, uh, and and I use then Western terms, psychology. I'm, you know, I'm a psychotherapist. I use client examples to show how they use some of the the wisdom taken out of the ancient teachings to improve their lives today. So anyway, that's that's why I I, I took and blended this. But the real truth is that. That which we call uh, divinity, that's what we call God, is an all-pervading, interpenetrating force of incredible love and peace and joy that vibrates through us. Now, the extent to which we're awakened is the extent to which we're going to experience that. And so what I did was just take these stories that are really fun to read and then show how they could be applied today so we could begin to awaken and touch into that deeper. And people like stories, so I wrote it in that in that. It's form. a great, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely recommend the book. I mean, you know, it's like I said, it's so, such an easy read as well, you know. And, you know, if you love storytelling, you love this book. If you like poetry, you like this book. I think you did a great job with it, and I'm so um grateful you are on my show talking about your book and talking and, and, and inspiring us, you know, to, to learn more about ourselves and, and how we can, you know, tune in more to the heart and, and, and let the ego take a <laughs> back seat this time instead of being in the front seat, right? Absolutely. absolutely. 
the ego wants to drive the car, okay? Yeah. So we've got to say, no, I think I'll take over. I think I'll take over here and there. I think I want to take over a lot more, okay, because I'm going to be a better driver than you are. Let's put it that way. But, you know, the thing is, because we're allowing it, obviously, because we are, you know, in the drive. But see, that's the thing. Like, I mean, I, I just said it, too. We are in the driver's seat, so you are in control, right? Yeah, so, but a lot of times, uh, but but look, put, put, put it this way. The people that called the Wall, the Wall Street crash selling mortgages to people who couldn't afford them. <laughs> they were totally yeah. run by ego because the ego oh. just wants more of the same. It doesn't care about its neighbor because it's laid down when it's six or seven or eight years old. They were totally in child ego while they were doing that. And the and, and you look at the Congress today, locked, you know, no legislation passed. They are elected to serve us and pass legislation that will serve us. And they are run by their egos to get personally reelected. So you see these people in the highest positions, 100%, in spite of their brilliance, their brilliance and their intellect is serving their ego. And their ego is causing to stress the country. And this is what is so sad. In spite of their brilliance, they're using it in service to the ego. Instead of going to the heart and saying, this is what I can do, and coming from that place and putting a limit on the ego when it gets too greedy or too needy or it's going to step on someone else to get what it wants. So I just I, I just thought I'd mention that. No, I I, I thank you for doing so. Um, that's a great uh, you know. Um, so you know, I mean, you say something to the fact let uh, let go, um, ogre mind with its limited copying skills. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, the thing is, the ego remembers laid down between eight to two or three and maybe ten or eleven years old. Okay. So the way it copes is to run away or hide or be afraid or do all these kinds of things. And when we are an ego mind, like these guys uh, that, that, that brought the, the great great uh, recession on us, they were self-centered. They didn't think of others. They were greedy. They had to have it now. Those were all the traits and characteristics of a child. They were into their ego. Their ego was running these brilliant people because it was acting the way children act. That's when the ego is laid down. That's why we need to come from the heart, which is the title of this little show here today. We need to come from the heart and say, I want to do this good. I want to feel good. I want to bring this out. I want to nurture my talent, my uniqueness, and give this to the world and give this to the planet. When I do that, then I'm still going to run into some ego stuff. My ego is not going to damage me or damage damage the planet. But when I come just from self-centeredness, I am always always in the ego mind, which is the lowest functioning, self-centered, I want it now, the hell with the other person, kind of a mind. Because that's when it's developed, is during our formative well, years. Right. We can't fix the world, right? We can't fix, you know, but we can start with ourselves and, 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 and go from there. But, I mean, what are some of the steps that you think, you know, as an average person can start doing today to kind of, you know, um, step out of the ego um, being a driver and get into the heart, being a driver. And I mean, you know, it's it's amazing. I really, really think the more you pay attention to these things, your guts never fails you. Never fails you. When you go in and you feel something, and you know, and you know it, and you just say, you know, what? I shouldn't be doing this, and you do it anyway, and then you find out I shouldn't have done it. That's you know that that that. That whole fighting between <laughs> your ego and your heart, you know, your mind and your heart, it's all, there's always, you know, that, that uh, um, back and forth. 
and and but you know it you really do know it and and i had tested i put it to test so many times i put it to the test so many times and it never failed so what do well, we the i mean is, yeah, the thing is you said it you rare you, you, you said that when i come from what i sense in me feels good mhm I'm coming from someplace other than ego. I'm coming from heart. When I sense it to what I'm about, but this is a sensing, it's a feeling, it's a felt sense of things, and this feels good. And right. I and I and I put it out there, and it still feels good. I know I'm coming from a place within me that is of non-ego, and then what you do. Uh, produces something worthwhile and brings something back to you that's worthwhile. But you say, I know, I know, I know my gut, I know my heart. And we don't use these langu- we don't use this language a lot, but it's important no. language. And therefore, rather than saying, uh, I think I'd like to have this, I think I'd like to have that, and I need to get it this way, and then boom, all of a sudden, we have to take that up and put it into our heart and say, is this good? Does this make sense? How do I feel about this? Do I get a chill? Do I feel awkward about this? Does this not feel too good? So we can take an ego idea and lay it against our heart and say, how does this really feel? I feel a little or something like that. We can say, no, it doesn't feel good. I need. I better drop that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's so, so so true. I mean, like I said, I, I, I put it to the test all the time. And uh, I do it on myself, and then, you know, I practice it sometime, you know, well, not sometime. I, you know, we try to work, you know, I try to work with my clients on that as well, you know, to try and to see what they think, what their heart think about something versus their mind, and see, you know, what they're really feeling. But, like, again, you know, it goes back to that same, you know, um, fact that emotions are, comes from love and fear, and ego is always trying to protect you, so that's the fear part, you know, afraid of something going to happen, something going to go wrong, and, you know, I need to, uh, what is it, flight or flight? What is the the expression? Yeah. Uh, no, the, you know, the yeah. ego is. Yeah, we we can't live without the ego. I mean, <clears throat> we, we need it. Through, we need it because you, you know you won't cross the street and get hit in the by car it, when it. Ab- the, the, ab- the, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But when it thinks for us, or when we think right. from that place, and runs your life, that's when it becomes what I call the ogre. That's why I call it princes and ogres. I could have called it princes and demons, or or princes and what. Uh, and whatever I call princes and ogres, because then it becomes that ogre that causes damage and havoc. Or if, if we're not on a big scale, it just causes a little bit of havoc to ourselves because we're limiting ourselves and not getting the good that's there for us. So I call it like, uh, oh, sometimes the ogre is protecting us from our 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 castle of riches. That's that's why I I use the word prince. We're all princes and princesses with a treasure inside ourselves, and the more we know the ego, I call the ogre garden the gate to the treasures here, the more then we can enter into our own castle of goods and reclaim what is there and waiting for us. Yeah, you said something to the fact that, um, you know, you, you have learned through your experience and experience of others that you had, you know, um, worked with, that every challenge Every t- challenge has the seeds of personal growth and spiritual awakening. And you said, let go 
our tight grip of temporary challenges that come and go. Because they do come and go. They're not permanent. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, they're temporary. They, they, they recede in time. But what does stay, if we touch deeply into our spirituality, is an enduring peace, an enduring acceptance of ourselves, a gentleness, a caring, and a deep compassion for our neighbors, for the oneness, the likeness of us all. Those are enduring qualities, and they don't come and go. They stay, and they nurture us, and we don't lose them because they come from the soul. Right. You know, I read one of your articles, uh, When Things Fall Apart, You Don't Have to. And uh, in, in, in there you says, you know, your, your life experience actually can help also, you know, inspire other people to transform as well. But, you know, when, when you say that, that's so true. I mean, if, if you have a challenge, doesn't mean, you know, you are no longer workable or you can't just get up. And, and I think that's the worst part when you think, like, you can't get up. I have to tell you, the death of Whitney Houston, I grew up, you know, listening to her music, yeah. and, and it really took a huge toll on me because I felt like that woman really was calling for help, and, and, and uh, she never had a chance to come back, and it was really sad, you know, that, you know, like every other, you know, like Michael Jackson and some of the other people, I mean, you know, I know the celebrity kind of like fall into like a different category people think of, but, you know, you, you, know, you, you, you know these things are, are, are based on experiences, on challenges that she had to go through, and she had really done uh, um, bottom. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time talking because of my my cold. But you know, she hit bottom and she didn't rise up. And 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 the fact that you know, I hope people take out of this show is if you are faced with challenges, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to completely give up on yourself. Um, there's always room to reverse things around. Is that correct? When you move through a challenge, you actually gain. And that's the whole idea. You grow your awareness. You grow personally as a person. And more good is available to you when you get on the other side of that challenge. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, I mean, uh, like I said, unfortunately, um, some of us we don't really see the challenges uh, as as an experience to grow or as a potential you know an opportunity to grow. We see it as we being doomed and we just give well, up. Well, let me say this: when a challenge comes my way or a real trial comes my way, the first thing I do is get scared and wish it wasn't there. Why? Because my ego—that's my egoic reaction. Right. Okay, but now I know. Okay, okay. Here, I'm being tested. Something's coming up. I need to look at I need to clear from dawn. And then I say, okay, I choose to accept this. I choose to go with it. I don't have the answers, but I know the answers are contained with me or contained in the process of staying and facing with this. But my first reaction is give it to someone else. I don't want this. Why me? Why again? That is a natural reaction. But we don't want to stop there. But that comes up for me as well. It comes up for everyone. But to say, no, in here are the seeds of personal growth and expansion and richness on the other side of this, and I need to stay the course. 
You know, Don, you are an amazing guest, and I'm so grateful for you. I know I kept you over an hour. I know I had scheduled the show for 90 minutes just in case because I know this conversation could go on for a long time, and I, I don't want to take so much of your time. But, you know, you are loved, obviously, because we have, you know, my switchboard is lit up, but people, I think they want to hear you talking. So nobody had raised their hand. I have people in the chat room. I thank you all for being here. You know, this show will be archived. I just wanted to let you know. And also available uh, for a free download on iTunes in the podcast. So if you go to iTunes and put my name and first name, or even Don, you probably will find it. But my name, Rhea Wolke, in the search in uh, um, in, in the iTunes store, you will be able to download this this. Uh, this this episode and all my episodes as well. You will support the show, obviously, and we do appreciate you listening. Don, anything for you know for our listener before we wrap up and, and uh, well, and the thing is, um, what, what, just one thing. Uh, I want to spell my name. It's Don D O N M O R D A S I N I because it's www don m o r d a s i n i dot com. Just go there. Um, you can buy my book there. If you buy my book. Online, I carry the, the 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 shipping charges, and there's a free 15-minute meditation download that I highly recommend. It's a heart-centered download. But in addition to that, there's articles on relationship, on 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 facing challenges. Uh, there are blogs on a number of things. Why me? That that we face today. So there's a lot of a lot of good reading on, on on my website, and you can get the book there. I mean, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, I prefer you go to my webpage and get the meditation tape with it. The cost is the same. But I appreciate everybody who uh, joined the chat room. I thank Kirk uh, for his questions. Uh, if you want, join me on Facebook, Don Mortesini. Just uh, send me a friend request, and we'll be friends. And I post uh, every second or third day an idea that hopefully is encouraging or uplifting. And um, I encourage you to uh, consider that as well. Well, I thank you so much again, uh, Don, for being here. And I apologize for my voice, you know, a little horsey. <laughs> so my pronunciation kind of a little bit uh, shaky, too. You know, of course, my English. <laughs> so excuse, excuse that. But anyway, I do appreciate you. And I do appreciate you taking the time to join us and, and, and share your wisdom with us. And, and what a pleasure to have you. With so much I, thank you. I thank you for your kindness and, and your concern you for all the people who come to you. And... Uh, I want to say it's, uh, it's been a pleasure to have done this uh, this morning. So thank you very well, much. Well, I hope you come and join me again. I would love to have you again. It will be my pleasure to have you again. Maybe we can do a, um, you know, a live webinar or something like that together too. Well, I'd love to but, have uh, there, everything is a possibility. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. In a few months, that might be that might very well be possible. Right now, I just mm-hmm. launched my book. This came out two weeks ago, so it's brand new. And I'm in the process of trying to promote it a little bit. Well, you know, like, again, please make sure that, like Don had mentioned, um, I'm going to let you pronounce your, you know, give them the address again so you can do a better job than I do with my voice. And uh, go to his website to order the book because you get the free meditation download. It's the same price than getting it on Amazon.com. But when you go to his website... Um, you will be able to get the free download. Um, you know, it's a great book, and I, I do really thank you for sharing it with us. Um, you know, easy read, great storytelling. Well, a great, great book. I really appreciate it. So please, you know, can you repeat the address again? Yeah, Don, D-O-N-M-O-R-D-A-S-I-N-I.com. Just go to com, and then it will take you to the front page, 
and uh, then you can you can take a look at my articles, uh, uh, some of which we talked about today. Uh, download them; they're kind of nice to have if you get stuck to remind yourself that you're on a track of growth. Uh, there are other things on there, and of course, then you'll be able to hear uh, Ria's show there. You can just you know there'll be a, a URL on there to replay this if you want, uh, and you can pick up my book. Um, so again, Don Mortacini.com, and or and and do that and send me a Facebook friend, and uh, we'll become we'll become buddies. And Ria, yeah, again, like I, I am buddy very, with very you. Much. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I you're thank my buddy. you. God bless you. <laughs> yes, you are my buddy. Of course, you are my buddy. Yes. So with all that being said, I want to thank you all for for being with us. And and remember, if you also want to try to reach me, you um, please welcome to visit my website at www.coaching by Ria dot com. Send me um also connection on on Facebook. I have um it's it's Ria Wilkie. You can find me there. My my uh page is your life now on Facebook and I'm on Twitter, coaching by Ria. I'm everywhere <laughs> you're looking you can find me. But I love to connect with you. I love to share your thoughts. I love to you know, I mean it's all about us making a difference in our own world and helping each other make the difference in the world. It's all about, you know, reaching out and 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 uh um be love give love and 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 be your best because you are you know a, a great divine being and and you deserve to live a great life with all that being said much love to you all and i'm gonna um uh take you into uh, a little clip of music and uh till next time till next week my friend don thank you again my friend all oh, much love it's, it's been a pleasure Rhea. Uh, thank, thank you so you, very much thank you appreciate it okay Bye-bye. take care yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Bye.